We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Talia Goodman here with the Field of 68. In today's episode of Off the Carousel, I am joined by new Rhode Island head coach, Archie Miller. It is nice to have you on. Been a while since we've talked. I'm up here in my dad's office. Maybe I'm I recognize it. I know. Maybe I'm replacing him. I don't know. Probably should. And yeah, maybe I'll be the one on After Dark this year. I'll replace you. I'll replace you on After Dark this year. You can you can have my spot. I'm sure I'll be wanting to come back sooner rather than later. But uh, I, I recognize the studio. I've I've had that screen on quite a bit over the last twelve months, and uh, it went well. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Why would you ever choose to work with my dad on your year off? Why Why would you put yourself in that situation? <laughs> you know, he he was he was kind enough to involve me. You know, I think part of it is when you when you don't know what to do or you're kind of looking for things to do, um, you sort of want to be a part of something. And um, field of 68, I won't be surprised if that's like not the platform for college hoops uh, moving forward. Um, It's it was so authentic to be a part of it at the very beginning. And you got a chance to really uh, invest some time with people that are really, really hardcore college basketball people and uh so that that became sort of like a after a few weeks and in a, in a, in a month or two it started to to really be something I wanted to do I looked forward to doing it with with the people um that were involved there Rob obviously your dad um the other coaches that were involved producers and it and um 
you know, it was something I look forward to having my night, you know, during the year. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. Ended up being really engaged with the game. You study the game more from a, a bigger picture than you're normally used to because you're usually focused in on like your team or your players. You sort of had to have a, a much broader scope of like the game, what's happening throughout the course of the season, who's playing well, um, the trends during the year. So I tell you, it was a lot of fun. Um, I recommend that anyone who could be a part of it um, try to be a part of it because I think that uh, I think they're on to something there. I think it's going to be one of the best things that college basketball has going for it here moving forward, just because the content's real. The people really study the game. They follow it. And, um, you know, it's a good time to free advertising here. Field of 68. You heard it here first. But hey, this is the first time I, this is the first time I've been on since uh I think Selection Sunday was the last time that I was on because uh, things sort of moved a little bit fast for me. But I haven't been back. I haven't been back in the saddle on the field of 68 for a while. Was it weird at first kind of taking on a media role as opposed to a coaching role? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the first year you had off since I was born in 2003. That's a long (laughs) time. Not to call you old or anything, but I'm getting older. I didn't have a, I mean, I didn't have a year off uh, in that, in that regard. Um, I don't, not as a, not as an adult, you know what I mean? I mean, right. once you start, once you go to school um, and college and you get done with college and you start working it just, you know, year after year, it just turned into sort of each step, each career path. But yeah, it was awkward at the beginning. Um You know, really awkward not to be a part of a team or a program when you really kind of had a ball in your hands for so long. Um, But um, I got my fix. I mean, I I definitely got my fix over the the 12 months. If it wasn't filled with 68, I had some chances to hang out with coaches or see practices, watch games, um, stay engaged as much as possible. But also, you know, really, to be honest with you, the year off, almost like a sabbatical. I think everybody probably should do that in any field that they're in and get some time to recharge. Um, Because you you can really, um, in any field of work that's stressful or competitive, you can wear yourself down and you can start to focus on things, you know, over the course of time that aren't as important as they should be. And uh, so when you take a step back every once in a while, you know, it really helps you sort through the things that matter. And then, you know, as as you hopefully take off again, you know, you have that perspective of, of what is important and to have patience in certain areas, et cetera, but it was good. And so what is the biggest thing you learned from, from last year, whether it be with field of 68 or from spending time with your family or just taking time off? Well, I think that the thing that, um, you know, probably from a family perspective is you, you don't really understand what they go through, um, you know, in their daily routine, their daily lives, as it's mixed into yours, you're kind of singularly focused on your guys, your team, your your season, whatever you're recruiting, whatever it may be, that's sort of what dominates your, your mind. And it's sort of what you allow to dominate your 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 life I and mean, it consumes you. It's 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 um, it's a sport and a profession in, in in this regard that doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't sleep. You know, you just you it's always on. Um, but I think when you take a you know, step back and you watch, you know, you have your own family that's going through their own things that lives and dies through, you know, your seasons, your games, and everything sort of revolves around you. And I think, you know, taking a step back, you know, it's, it was fun. It was nice to see that, like, I wasn't the topic of conversation of every day, you know what I mean? It was something else was important, whether it was your daughter, whether it was your wife, whether it was traveling, whether it was, you know, this would be fun to do. I mean, just 
just not having to sit back and say, okay, how's this going to affect what I'm doing? You know, for the first time that, that was really, um, you know, refreshing. And I think you can bring that to the fold. Now uh, you, you have to be able to, everyone uses the word balance. You have to have some balance. You do, you have to have some perspective and some balance, um, in what you're doing. Um, and you have to, you know, you have to pay attention to the little things that are going on around you because they are important. And did you know all along that you wanted to get back into coaching, that this was going to be kind of a one year break to kind of get your priorities straight, get your head straight? Was that something that was always in your mind from from last year throughout the whole year? I think what was on my mind is um, was the when Mm. more more so than if I knew I would, but I didn't really know what that would look like, you know, in terms of what I wanted to do or what opportunity would make sense for me. did I expect to become a head coach again at some point? Yes, but I wasn't in a rush um, to just jump right back in. It had to be a situation where I felt uh, was right for me and my family at the time to make another move. Um, it had to make sense um, for what we want to do long term. And I think that um, it had to be at a place where I felt, you know, the alignment from the top of the people that are involved to the bottom. Uh, person on the wrong matter you know they were all in alignment um with with the common goal that that I want to be a part of so if it didn't have that sort of alignment or personal attachment um you know I wasn't very interested in it but you know this one here that I'm currently in Rhode Island um had it you know it really did It, it had all the parts that we were looking for and um I wouldn't say it was a surprise opportunity um I you know meaning like did I expect to be at Rhode Island? No, but a place like Rhode Island that values basketball, that's had success, um, you know, that aspires to be better, that, that from the top to the bottom, from the president to the board, to the athletic director, they're all in the same, um, you know, they're all in the same box. You know, they're all working and wanting the same thing. And that appealed to me, you know, in the personal relationship that um, I was able to build over a long time with Thor, our athletic director, um, you know, I coveted that. I wanted a relationship that I knew somebody that I would be able to work with every day. And um, so I feel good about the opportunity that we that, that was presented. And I'm thankful that, that um, it came my way. But um, I think at the very beginning, I didn't want to be a part of basketball anymore. I think that that was easy for me to just say, I'm step away. I, feel, I don't feel like dealing with ball anymore. But it's in you. And I think it, it, at some point in time, you, you start to you want more of it. You want to be a part of more of it. And I think that's where sort of like the field of 68 helped me. It, it, it brought me back into the game and it got me more excited and fun, um, you know, to want to be a part of this, the season again. You know, looking on it from the outside, you don't see it when you're inside of it, how the season unfolds and all the all the stuff, the, the craziness. But um you know, I, I got that, I got that itch, you know, at some point in time, but I was not sure I would be back in the business this year. Um, and it didn't have to be a head coaching job for me to get back in or even in college. You know, I wasn't opposed to doing anything, uh, really, but I do think that I was ready at some point to say to myself, I want to, I want to lead another program. I want to build something again. And I want to do something, um, you know, I want to do something for, for a place and, and be special at it. And when did that itch kind of show up? When did it change from now I want to be out of the game? Like maybe I'll consider it later on, but I'm not doing this right now. When was there a specific moment where that changed for you? I think the opening night of college basketball. Uh, I think like when the first game of the season 
you know, whether it was the Champions Classic, and I think I was on that night covering the games. But that first tip, you know, when college basketball was buzzing that first night that it was getting started, you know, there was a realization of this is the first time I haven't been a part of a team in, you know, 30 years, whatever it may have been. You know, this is the first time I haven't been on a college court on opening night since I was a high school kid, you know. So when you've done something so long, I think sometimes you take for granted how unique the position that you're in over the course of time to be a part of something that's that's so big, so special. So I think just the tip off to college kind of like set the tone that, Oh, the, the competitiveness started to come out, you know, the, the season, the anticipation. I don't know if it was that specific game, but I do think the hype around that night and just the jump ball finally going up to kick off the season. There was fans in the arena again. It was like, man, you know, I wish I was there. And now not only are you back in college basketball, but you're back in a conference that you have some experience with. Uh, you're at Dayton. What is that like for you to kind of be back in the A-10? It's a great league. It always has been a great league. Um, you know, when I was in the league at the very beginning of my first head coaching job at the University of Dayton, you know, the league was special. You know, Temple was in the league. Uh, Xavier was still in the league at that time. Charlotte was in the league. Coach Majerus was at, C- at uh, St. Louis. Um, Chris Mooney was just coming off a of Sweet 16 at uh, Richmond. I mean, the league was uh, loaded. And, um, you know, we did uh, some great things at the University of Dayton. We had a tremendous support system around us. Um, they helped us along the way. It was a great experience. But, you know, in my time, I just I gained a lot of respect for the players of the league who went through it. I thought that they were terrific and could play anywhere in the country. And I also got great respect for the coaches in the league that, you know, it's some of the best coaches in the league as well. And um, it's a tight league. It's a tight knit league because it's unique in the fact that it's not a power conference league in terms of having football it's a basketball centric league that aspires to get as many teams in the tournament as you could possibly get each year so there's a work together uh, sort of relationship and vibe um, in the league and I had great relationships the last time I was in the league with guys like coach Martelli and um, Shaka Smart was in the league at the time Chris Mooney Mark Schmidt and so to be coming back around the block so to speak um, now I'm in a different phase of my life, my career. Um, But at the same time, I know it's going to be a very difficult challenge because of how talented the league can be, how good the coaches are. And, you know, uh, you you look at Davidson's success since they joined, you look at VCU's success since they joined, uh, there really hasn't been a drop off. There's always some ebbs and flows every year, but it's a league that I think uh, will grow. There's been some great additions Frank Martin at UMass, Chris Caputo at GW. Uh, Fordham's just went through a transition, but they had a great season last year, so they'll build on that. Richmond was in the tournament last year. Davidson in the tournament. BCU and Dayton have great teams returning. Uh, So I I expect it to be a difficult mountain to climb, but um, Rhode Island is a great place, and that's why I'm here, because I know that we have some special things in, in store uh, in the future here to build this place. And I think we can become one of the best programs in it. And you mentioned Xavier, who, you know, is no longer in the league, but nope. you have a different connection to that team. So I've got to ask, what is it like getting back in the game, you know, the same year as your brother and seeing your brother, you know, get back in it? Yeah, it's really odd. Um, um, just, you know, the coaching game is, is unique that, um, again, you're so entrenched in your own mess 
and madness that, you know, him being at Arizona for over a dozen years and me being in college coach for, for 10 myself at Dayton and Indiana, we didn't spend that much time together. You know, we didn't see each other unless it was maybe like July and we were on the road. Um, there were very few opportunities to get together as a family just because of the schedule. So um, this past year, we obviously spent a lot of time together, you know, for the first time. And we're both out at the first, you know, for the first time. So it was almost like we were going through similar situations together um, and kind of watching it all unfold throughout each month. So I think that was a little bit unique that this past year, not only were we both removed from the game, but we were together and we were able to spend a lot of time together, which was good. You know, our families got to spend time together for the first time in a long time. And um, how it unfolded, you know, is very unique at the end that, um, you know, when the carousel starts to move around in college basketball at the end, it goes fast. And like if you're going to make a move to take any job, whether it be an assistant job on the move or a head job on the move, it isn't like you get a month and a half to prepare for it or two months to move, make your move and apply it to your family, how it's all going to work. You just get on an airplane one day and you leave and you never come back. So it was like we had this time together. It was great. And then all of a sudden I took Rhode Island. He took Xavier and poof, we were gone. We haven't seen each other since. You know, that's just kind of how it, how it went. Uh, I don't believe he's ever entered the state of Arizona again. I think he's I think he's uh, took the Xavier job. And I believe he has been at the Xavier offices ever since. And he's never left. Um, I think I've had one opportunity to go back and see my family since since taking the job. But that's kind of the wicked nature of the business. And like the funny thing is you have that whole year where you decompress and you kind of like take a deep breath. Right. And say, ah, you know, I need balance. I need this is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, wham, zero to a hundred. You know, you just, you take over a program and the next thing you know, it is full speed and a lot of different avenues. And it's like, you never left. It's like, you never, you never even had that year off. Like it never even mattered. So um, really unique, um, but happy for him that he's back at Xavier. Um, it couldn't be a better place for him to, to, to reboot and restart. And um, you know, us being a little closer now being, you know, sort of more in the Atlantic area. He's in the Big East. Um, uh, hopefully we'll see each other a little bit more. Was there ever too much together time with him over this past year? Did you ever, like, butt heads a little bit, get competitive, or get, like, annoyed with each other? Like, no, no, no. We don't we won't butt heads very, very often, but uh, it was comical uh, to be around each other, I'm sure, for the first time. Um, you know, he had a back injury and he had back surgery, so he was all out of whack there for a good bit of time, uh, you know, had plans to like, hey, let's go see this guy practice. Let's go see this game. Yeah, it sounds fun. Then you never do it. It's like same stuff. But uh, we had a good time. We spent a lot of time together. Um, we lived about four miles from one another. Um, so it was it was it was pretty convenient. We talked basketball. We were able to do that. But we had a good time with it. And, um, you know, it was far less stressful or worrying about you know, our teams and stuff like that. It was, it was much more relaxing um, to do it. And now that you do have a team to be, you know, worrying about or talking yeah. about, what do you see as kind of the realistic expectations for, for URI this year? You know, I think that's undetermined. And I don't know how many coaches would say today they feel great about, you know, where they're at. There's so many moving parts nowadays. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the transfer portal, um, NIL, 
Um, you, you have a lot of different balls in the air that impact your current team. So if you've been at a place for 10 years, 12 years, you may feel great. You may be reloading eight guys. I don't know. I know in taking over a job, there's really two ways of looking at it, that you have a lot of work to do to build a team, to build a roster. Um, but there's far more opportunities out there nowadays to help yourself rather than it was even four years ago or five years ago when you didn't have all of the transfer things going on. And, and uh, to me, um, we're going to be a work in progress in terms of step one is what will our team look like? I mean, I can see us going all the way to August uh, before we're done assembling a roster. Um, but we have an opportunity this summer uh, to be together with the guys that are here and, and the new incomers. And as they come, they'll continue. So we do have time to build. Um, but I like our group. Um, I like the group that's returning, you know, in terms of their attitude and, you know, why they're coming back because they, they love the place. Um, and it's an easy place to love. Uh, it's an easy place to live. And uh, the new guys that come in here that we bring in, you know, we have a development peace of mind that we can make guys better. And for the long run, you know, you know, they can help us grow the program to where we want to go and maybe some impactful, you know, transfers as well. Some guys that are looking for a new opportunity, a fresh start um, that, that maybe can, you know, speed that process up. But um, I don't have any expectations. I know it's hard. I know if I had 12 guys all returning from a great team, it would be hard because everything is new. And um, anytime there's a change within within change and transition, you know, it, it can it can take some time. But I know with how we'll do it. And I know with over the course of recruiting cycles and development, I think we can build an absolutely terrific program. You mentioned transfers a bit. How does the portal change how you build a program nowadays? I mean, I guess, you know, really, it's 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 a philosophy thing. Um, if the portal is going to be a heavy part of your program. Um, and you're going to constantly be looking to build through the transfer portal. I don't know how serious you are about developing players. You know, I, I really don't. You, your goal may be to be the biggest, the talented, the most oldest team you possibly can. I have never believed that you should be a part or build a program um, through the transfer model. Um, I think you can reload. I think certain places need to do that differently. Um, I've always been a part of programs where the best moments have happened when the guys that you've recruited over years that you've brought in have been developed. They, they've had to go through some hard times, but to get to the, to get to the finish line, um, you know, they look different, they compete different, they play different, and they are the reason that the younger guys that you bring in develop under them. Now, it may be harder to do nowadays with more options, um, you know, year after year, but I'm going to build this program with young players we recruit, that we develop, that we make better. And, yeah, you're going to have a portion of, of every season when you're up and running that you have an opportunity to make yourself better through the transfer portal. Um, that's something you have to do. But um, I think if you're up and running and you have a quality, quality program, your returning guys are your core, and they help your younger guys. And then you splice in some new guys, you know, maybe through, some, through the transfer wave. But – I don't envision myself building a program based on, you know, six to eight guys every year going and coming. I think that's too hard to build a consistent uh, philosophy uh, about how you play, how you work in the off season, how you, how you lift weights, how you develop. You know, I think people, 
like routine. And I think players get better when they have structure. And I think, you know, we're going to be a place that values our recruiting and our development more so than we are the portal. So obviously your last stop is where I am headed in the fall in Indiana. So I just want to ask, is there anything that you would have done differently in your time in Indiana? You know, I think that's, 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 um, you had a lot of time to think about that, right? You know, it didn't didn't go well at the end for you. But we recruited good players. We recruited good kids. I was happy to watch all the guys that we had brought there this season, you know, finally crack, crack the opportunity to go to the tournament. You know, Trace was a junior this year. His freshman year, he helped lead us to the tournament, but it got canceled, you know, so he had still never experienced that selection Sunday. So I was happy to watch their players um, this year uh, do well. and. Um, but, you know, in my time there, you know, there's a lot of things you would look back on and say, well, I wish I did this different. I wish I did this better. And I think part of what um, we always have aspired to do and will continue to aspire to do is have a skilled team, have a, have a, have a team that's based on, you know, the ability to play the game with versatility and skill. And we didn't shoot the ball well enough in my time at Indiana to get over the hump. You know, offense is at the end of the day really comes down sometimes, did you make an open shot or didn't you? Did you make a free throw or didn't you? And we just, over the course of time, consistently did not shoot the ball well enough in my time to, you know, overcome tight, tight losses or games where you played well enough defensively to win. It just, you didn't have enough offense. And I feel like shooting the ball is at a premium right now. We needed to shoot the ball better while in my time at Indiana and have more shooting um, around some of the great post players that we had in, in my time. You know, we had Juwan Morgan for two years who was with the Celtics. We recruited Trace, and Trace has been an All-American, you know, uh, since he's been there. Um, but we needed a little bit more firepower and spacing around those guys, and we just didn't do a good enough job, in my opinion, either recruiting them or developing them or putting them in a situation where they had better shots, whatever it may have been. But one thing I wish as I look back on, we had paid maybe more careful attention to the shooting early on in our recruiting rather than just the talent. Sometimes you need bodies. You know, sometimes you need to get bigger. Or when you take over a job, you have to have massive turnover in your first two years. So you know you're going to have to recruit a lot of guys. And rather than just take good players and have a plan to develop guys, you know, while they get there, maybe more selection early on in terms of identifying shooting uh, would have helped our, our cause a little bit more. But I have no regrets. I mean, Indiana is a great school. You will love going to school there. Um, it's a beautiful campus. And um, the program that you're going into is excellent. Um, and I think you'll have a great experience there. All of the players that, that have recruited there to play there have a great experience there. It's a great place to go to school. And, um, but I have no regrets. Sometimes the, the toughest pills that you have to swallow end up being the ones that make you better at the end of the day. And I envision that being the case um, after my time is gone there. And I think this may be the most important question I have for you today, but what is your favorite spot in Bloomington? I need to know whether it's a food spot, probably a food spot. I would like to know, but what's your favorite one? There's a couple, there's a couple good places in Bloomington that, that you're going to um, want to go. Um, I guess it all depends on, on what you're, what you're looking for. You know, I'm not picky. I wasn't really looking for the college scene uh, when I was there. There'll be some great college scenes, some traditional, um, you know, Knicks and Kilroy's. You're going to have some some great college spots to go to. 
Um, but I would say that, um, you know, there's a restaurant down there on the square called Little Zagreb's. Mm -hmm. uh, your dad, you and your dad and your mom, when they come into town, that's one you're going to want to go to. It's a great, great steak place. Um, you know, I was a fan of Mother Bear's. Mother Bear's is the, uh, you know, the home homeschool pizza stop. Now, being where you're from, you're going to have a very high opinion of pizza. And <laughs> this may not, you know, stack up to the New England East Coast pizzas that most people are used to, but it's a good it's a good place. Um, there's a few, there's a few good spots there for you. Well, I will have to eat at them and then tell you what I think. And, and if your opinions hold up, so I will let you know about that, but Buffalo's, you got to go to Buffalo's. Uh, that is the classic from what I have heard so far. Buffalo's. Yes, so thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of off the carousel. Looking forward to watching you guys this season. Thanks, Archie. Thanks.